0: Amen. Thank you, Dylan. You've been helping out a lot today. (laughs) As I reflect on uh, 50 plus years, 50 plus times circling around the sun in my own life, I think about these moments that I have had. These moments I have, these really special moments that just sear, you know, in your mind just sear like I can't ever forget that moment. But I want to argue that one of the greatest moments, one of the greatest moments is when an old friend who we haven't seen for like years walks back into our lives. I want you to think of that. Many of us have had this experience. I've had it several times. Think of a time where you've had an old friend, somebody you're really close to, you haven't seen in years and all of a sudden you cross paths and what happens? Your heart leaps, doesn't it? Because it's just so good to see them I want to share a story with you today about a friend of mine. His name's Dave. We will call him Captain Dave. Uh, Actually, uh, he's watching online right now. I just snuck out there and looked. Uh, Dave and I were paramedics together for many years. We were on the same shift. He was captain, he was the shift supervisor, and I was lieutenant, Brian, and so I was the number two guy and uh, Dave and I had been through a lot together we have seen a lot together as you can imagine with our career we forged a relationship going through a lot together but also during that time Dave went through a really hard time in his life and I went through a really hard time in my life and I think that even formed our friendship even more eventually as time always does, I got a job somewhere else, went to be director of EMS, Dave eventually got a job somewhere else, we both left the EMS world hadn't seen him in years, hadn't seen or touched base with him in years, and then about, I don't know, just a few months ago, I noticed on our live feed on Facebook for our services like this, there was Dave's name, like bing, appeared up there, I was like, that was so cool so I shot him a note, said hey, we had coffee and it was good but nothing prepared my heart for the day that Captain Dave walked through these west doors of our church. And man, my heart leapt. Um, It was so good to see him here. It was so good to have him with us in community. I remember I was running around, you know, like we normally are right before service trying to get everything ready to go. And I heard, hey! And I stopped and looked and right through the west doors walked Captain Dave. And I broke every COVID rule, hugged him, you know, But it was just a great moment Seared in my memory But that memory Reminds me of a scene From one of my favorite movies Forrest Gump now, Forrest Gump, I think, came out in the 90s, so maybe some of you haven't seen it, but it's, it's like in my top five, this movie is. It's so creative. So let me give you a little background. The Forrest Gump movie is around the, cor- the, around the character Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump has a commanding officer named Lieutenant Dan, who he's, he develops quite a friendship with. They serve in Vietnam together. And their friendship is forged through the horrors of war. As a matter of fact, in one scene in a movie, Lieutenant Dan, uh, there's an explosion nearby him, it just shreds his legs. He loses his legs, and Forrest drags him out of the jungle. And then Forrest runs back in several times to save other people, and then, (laughs) funny scene, Forrest gets shot in the buttocks, he would say. It's a million-dollar wound, but I never saw a dime of that money. (laughs) Free military people, you understand what that money means. They return from war. They both heal. They both move back into the world. They go their separate ways. Just like Captain and I, Dave and I did, they both go back to a routine life. Routine life. As life goes on in the movie, Forrest becomes a shrimp boat captain, and then one day, Lieutenant Dan, after years, shows up. I want to show you that scene from the movie. It's a special scene.
1: I know, Lieutenant Dane. Yes, I know that. You wrote me a letter, you idiot. Well, well, Captain Forrest Gump. I had to see this for myself. (laughs) And I told you if
0: you were ever a shrimp boat captain that I'd be your first mate. Well, here I am. I am a man of my word. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, but
1: don't you be thinking that I'm going to be calling you sir. No, sir. <laughs> it's my boat.
0: Now, bear with me. I want to I continue on the story. So, in the story, uh, Forrest and Lieutenant Dan become shrimp boat partners. He's a captain, he's first mate. They go out in the shrimping industry, out in the one boat, the Jene. And they go out there and they're shrimping and they they day after day while they're out there their nets come back empty. It's like all he gets garbage off the bottom of the seafloor. Time after time after time they just come back empty and frustrated this has been building up for a long time Lieutenant Dan has a crisis of faith. He's on top of the mast of the boat in the middle of Hurricane Carmen and he goes one on one with God in his crisis of faith. And what's really cool in the story is Lieutenant Dan encounters Jesus in the water. I want, I want you to watch this part too.
1: I have a feeling if we head due east, we'll find some shrimp. So take a left. Take a left. Which way? Over there. They're over there. Get, get on the wheel and take a left. Okay. Do it! Take a laugh! Left. left! That's where we're gonna find those shrimp, my boy! Ha ha! That's where we'll find them. Still no shrimp, Lieutenant Dang. Okay, so I was wrong. Well, how are we gonna find them? Well, maybe you should just pray for shrimp. No shrimp. Where's this god of yours? It's funny Lieutenant Dan said that, cause right then, God showed up. Now me, I was scared. But Lieutenant Dan, he was mad. Destroying nearly everything in its path. And as in other towns up and down the coast, Biola Battery's entire shrimping industry has fallen victim to Carmen and has been left in utter ruin. Speaking with local officials, this reporter has learned, in fact, only one shrimping boat actually survived the storm. After that, shrimping was easy. <laughs> since people still needed them shrimps for shrimp cocktails and barbecues and all, we were the only boat left standing, Bubba Gump Shrimp's what they got. (laughs) He never actually said so, but I think... He made his peace with God.
0: Probably the most amazing moment of that movie, of an amazing movie, but ladies and gentlemen, that's all it is. It's a fictional story. It's not true, but yet one of my favorites, because it always tugs my heart. There's just so much, so much neat symbolism in that movie. So today, what, what does reuniting with an old friend, empty nets, Jumping off a boat and lives changed in the water. What does this mean to us? Well, actually, all those parts of that story actually really happened in the biblical story. And we're going to walk through that story today where all those things happened. Nets were empty, old friends showed up, jumping off a boat, lives changed in the water. But before we jump into that, I want to welcome everybody. We're glad you're all here. What a beautiful Sunday. Amen. To our guests, we're glad you're here also. My name is Brian, I'm our lead pastor. And to those online, we're glad you're hanging with us today too. We are actually in a new sermon series called Encountering Jesus. We're going to follow all these moments that people encounter Jesus right after Easter so that we can continue that same momentum in our church of hearts on fire for Christ. And so where I want us to jump into and for our guests too there's these sermon notes you'll see them popping up here on the screen around the back that kind of outline our service here. So we're in the Gospel of John chapter 21. So if you turn with me towards the back of your Bibles about two-thirds of the way through, uh, three-quarters of the way through Gospel of John. Chapter 21 is the last chapter in the Gospel of John. While you're turning there let me set up the story here we are just a few days after Easter, after the day that Jesus rose from the grave, started appearing to people, and the place just ignited like fire. And this story is going to focus around the 11 apostles who Jesus has showed himself to twice already. Now remember, in the three years of Jesus' public ministry, the apostles, the closest disciples to him, their lives were formed very tightly with Jesus because literally they went to hell and back. They battled together. They saw things, miracles, healings. They did it all together and they did that through the power that it was given to them. And so one of the things that Jesus commands the eleven is he says, hey, I want you to go back to Galilee and I will meet you there. So they take off. A few days after Easter, they take off the 11 go to Galilee. Now Galilee for you and I is like walking 75 miles. They go back to their home state. This is where their hometowns are right around the Sea of Galilee. And so they head back there and that's where our story starts is that they've got back there they're waiting on Jesus. They listen to his command but he doesn't show up for a while. So they go back to the routine. They go back to the routine. Let's pick up in John 21, verse 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. There was Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, which are James and John, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said, and so they went out in the boat. But they caught nothing all night. Caught nothing all night. So there we are. Remember, the disciples have been through a lot. Not only the three years with Jesus, but Easter week. Even the way we celebrated here, they went through all the trauma, all the difficulty, the cross, the resurrection. I think routine sounded really good to them right now because they were probably exhausted, like we felt exhausted this week. And Peter says, let's go fishing. Now, for Kansans, that's not go grab your pole and go out to the lake. This was their job. They got their boats and their big nets. They went back to the routine of what they knew before. They went back to their jobs. Three of these seven, that was their job. They were big-time fishermen. And so they go out and they're out all night. Now, in the Sea of Galilee, the best time for fishing is at night, especially before the dawn breaks. And they're out there all night and they throw out their nets trying to catch school fish and they bring them in, nothing. I imagine toilet lids and license plates, right? Same thing out of Forrest Gump, except they probably didn't have them in. So, all night, it's exhausting work to lay out these nets, let them sink, bring them up. And I imagine John yelling to Peter just like Forrest did. It's like, go to the left, go to the left, I see fish over there. No, Peter, you're left, right? So here's our first sermon note together. After Easter, it's easy to go back to the routine. After Easter, it's so easy to go back to the routine we had a great easter week can i take a minute and just thank i mean between all the folks that helped us out with the podcast that we launched that week we had activity almost every night also we had on Saturday not only did we link with the city of Manhattan and help with the Easter event at High V, which had I think over 900 cars Ryan here was leading that we joined them we put out like a thousand our church had a thousand crayon boxes that went out to all these people driving through in the Easter event that had our church's name on it and stuff but we were there helping them it was a beautiful day the traffic was backed up it was awesome and then we came here. We invited uh, roughly over 2,000 of our neighbors to come here in our immediate neighborhood to come and have an Easter event here. We shared the gospel message first, and then we went out, and, and we had 100 kids. We were ready for, we don't know how many, and they took home the mother load. These kids had a lot of eggs, and they had a great time. It took a lot of work. Uh, we had Tiffany helping us with the city Easter event. We had Georgia and her clan all helping with the church Easter event, and then Sunday service was amazing. From sunrise through the two services, can I just have an amen? There was something really special about coming back and seeing a lot of faces and having everybody gathered online and here. But the whole Easter week was amazing. But it was exhausting by the time we were done. Joyfully exhausting. But can I ask us all this question? Monday of this week, did we go back to the routine? Did we, you know, we we sat there on Sunday in the story of the road to Emmaus. Didn't our hearts burn within us and go out and share? But it's so easy, after a week like that, to go back to the routine. Do we feel like, after all that, that we pull up our nets and are still empty? Or are our nets still feel full? So let's go back to the routine. Let's go back to this story. Let's jump in in verse 4 now. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. But the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? And I imagine, you ask that in Kansas, nobody likes to, let you don't like letting anybody know you're catching fish, right? Because they'll come out and fish. But they hadn't caught any. So I imagine a response. They looked at each other, looked, yelled back, no! and then Jesus said throw out your net on the right hand side of the boat and you'll get some and so they did and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it so it's beautiful we see here a night of fishing empty nets exhausted sun's coming up It says they're 100 yards from shore, so they don't recognize, for some reason, they don't recognize it's Jesus. Jesus knew they fished all night and caught nothing because they were fishing without Him. That's symbolic. Here's our next note together. Jesus is a difference between an empty or full life. Jesus is a difference between an empty or full net. Now in the story, Jesus is with them. They caught nothing without him. Now he's with them. Throw it out on the right side. It says the nets were so full that they could not bring him into the boat. It would swamp the boat. They had to pull it up to the boat and drive the boat into shore to keep the catch. and what's interesting here is that this is a repeat of the same miracle they saw Jesus do back in Luke 5 where they're on the water once before with him back during his public ministry days Jesus told them after a long time of fishing nothing in the nets he says why don't we go out to deeper water and they did and the nets filled and so they're connecting probably that story obeying Jesus filled their nets so much they couldn't get him on the boat obeying and following Jesus filled their lives and for us today it's still the same following and obeying Jesus can either give us a full life and fill our nets or we can feel empty and keep desiring what we're missing back to the story this is a part that's just like the Forrest Gump movie my favorite, favorite part starting in verse 7 Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter It's the Lord And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord He put on his tunic for he had stripped for work He jumped into the water and headed to shore The others stayed with the boat And pulled the loaded net to the shore For they were only about 100 yards from the shore There's that Forrest Gump moment John, who's the disciple that Peter loved or I'm sorry that Jesus loved as he describes himself John looks at this mother load of fish and he looks to the shore the guy that just told him cast out on the right side and then he thinks back to what we've read in Luke 5 there's only one person that can fill the nets like this and he cries out it's the Lord it's the Lord he, he puts it together and then Peter I imagine he's just like Forrest Gump He leans, looks, way to the shore Has his arm there (laughs) Ha! Hey! And he jumps Now it says he puts his tunic on Because they did They normally went down to probably a loincloth or whatever While they're working in the boat So he puts on something because it's the Lord And he jumps in the water They're all trying to bring in a bunch of fish Nope, he's gone 100 yards, he's heading to shore A Lieutenant Dan moment. Here's our next note together. It kind of summarizes this. Peter jumped into the water for Jesus. Nothing was going to hold him back. And I imagine Peter, after swimming 100 yards, he came on the beach, his beard dripping, his hair matted and that tunic all soaked with a big force gump smile on his face saying, Jesus, what are you doing here? Back to the movie Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan has that moment of crisis in his faith. Everything has been an empty net in his life, empty net in his life. He's standing up on that, or sitting up on that mast during Hurricane Carmen, and he goes mono y mano with God. He calls him out, shouts at him, says twice, in case you couldn't hear that, he says twice, he says, you can't sink this boat. And at that moment, Lieutenant Dan has a choice of staying in the routine or following Jesus. In that moment, a crisis of faith, he has a decision. Stay with what I know or go to something new. And you see the crisis of faith changes his heart. And you see in that last part of that clip where he gets up on the edge of the boat, thanks Forrest for saving his life and he jumps in the water, and he does that backstroke towards the horizon, and 4 says in the water that he found his peace with God in the biblical story, that's the movie in the biblical story, Peter and the other 6, they have this encounter with Jesus, Peter jumps into the water now the verses we haven't gotten to yet that I'm going to save for next week is Peter goes through a crisis of faith. but I want to share that. I can't rush through that. We're going to save that for next week. This week, encounter with Jesus in the water. Next week, we're going to go and see what happened on the shore. But for us, what does this story mean for us today? A few days after Easter, just like in the Bible. And here's, here's the note we can, we can wrap up with. In the water... We find peace with God. The story is still true today. If we're going through life and our nights, nets are always empty or we're unfulfilled, we're always looking for the next thing, we've never made that decision. We can find peace with God through Christ in the water. Baptism is one of the most dramatic and heart moving moments of the church. We all, everybody in this room comes to a crisis of faith. Every one of us comes to, some of us have many, we all have many, but there's this big one that we have, a turning point literally in the road. We can go left or right. We can choose routine in the world or we can choose Christ. We can choose empty nets or we can choose being fulfilled like we could never imagine. And when we choose Jesus, we enter the water in baptism. In the water, we leave our routine, our old self, the world behind. In the water, it doesn't matter what's happened in our past. When we go in the water, we leave it all in the water. It's very symbolic of how it cleans us and sets us free it's very symbolic that we're sharing the same thing in Christ's death on the cross being buried and burying that sin and old life with us and it's washed away and we rise up out of the water we rise up a new person we're no longer described as routine we're no longer described as the world we're described as a follower of Christ in the water every one of us in this room can find peace with God through Christ so I want to invite up those who are being baptized today those who have made a decision to go left or right and I want them all to join us right up here and I am actually going to move down baptism is described in a lot of detail in the Bible one of the big things is that baptism is a command it's a command for us to enter the water to be bold and declare that we belong to Christ and not be ashamed of it it's a public event when we go into the water we're saying I'm not ashamed so ladies and gentlemen it takes a lot of bravery to be up on this stage But not only to say, I'm not ashamed to say I belong to Jesus, but also not ashamed to say, any of you out there who haven't made this decision, that we hope each life inspires you. If you're sitting in a seat and you have not made this decision to follow the command of Christ, to leave your old self behind, rise up new. Also in the water, the other thing that we're doing is that we're driving a stake in the ground. We always say this We're driving a stake in the ground that says, today I declare I'm a follower of Christ I can weave on my road, I can get off the road. I always have this point to come back that cannot be taken away from me And many of us do that. We sway, we swing, and we get back to this point. It's our true north And that's what's happening up here today. Now one of the things that's kind of important during this time is that um, there's, a, there's a scripture in Luke chapter 15 verse 10 that declares, it's from a parable, but it declares that when the angels, in the message it says, the angels throw a party in heaven and cheer really loud when one person comes to Christ. And so as a church, it is our tradition that when they go in the water, when they rise up we try to out cheer and celebrate the angels of heaven. You ready for that one? Because we all know how big this day is. Amen? Amen? All right. So we want to do that. So I want you, let's see, who are we going to start with today? I think we're going to start with Daniel. Would you be all right? Daniel, will pick on you first. Okay. You ready to come in? Do you have anything in your pockets? No cell phone? Okay. Ready? Ready. Dylan, you want to give me a hand? We're going to come all the way down to the deep part here. Because that's where the fish are, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> Daniel, Dylan's going to hand you a microphone and just share with us why you're up here today.
1: Okay. Um, I'm not new to Christ. I, I see I preached my trial sermon in North Carolina. God bestowed your of years. But I chose the street life. I was raised by five OGs. I'm used to the streets. But at eight, I said, you for my kingdom work bless you beyond your wildest dreams and I'm glad to be here but I know God's not through with me so when I go under I hope the power that he wants to restore in me that he bestows restore all of you
0: sounds great go ahead and sit down yeah, here go. and we got you from here so go ahead and grab your nose there just because we might put some water up but if we don't and grab your elbow right there Daniel, having haven't talked with you and, and, and just know where you're at in life. We're glad you're here today. Today's a day to go into the water. Based upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: You just, my soul. I'm the I'm
0: All right, Hannah Larson, are you ready? Would you guys welcome Hannah down into the water with us? And Hannah's up here assisted with Olivia who works with our youth and with her mom Stephanie and her dad is right here. Nick and family. So Hannah, yeah, let's grab that mic. And Hannah, share with us. Share with us why you're here today. Let's take a peek.
1: I'm here today to be baptized because I want to know God better and I want to understand him more.
0: the one young man I'm afraid that would do a cannonball into here, Frankie! Everybody, Frankie Pulaski, would you welcome him down here with his dad? His dad, Adam. And his mom is right here. Frankie, go ahead and share with us why you're here today.
1: This is my favorite verse. In John 11:25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That is my favorite verse in John 11:25. I know I am a child of God because Jesus came to earth and died on the cross for our sins. I want to follow God for the rest of my life. I want to try to be more like Jesus. And I love him because he saved me from my sins. That is why I want to be baptized.
0: Amen. This hand right here. Frankie, grab your elbow. Dad, got there. Frankie, based upon your amazing profession of faith, and I can see Christ in your eyes so much every day. Based on your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we always take this time to talk about and look and and give anybody an opportunity here that if today's the day, it's the water's warm (laughs) and we're ready for you. And some of us come to the service and we're like, our feet are drawn. Well, I don't even have to go any further. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, could you welcome Gordon? Gordon, pocket's empty. All right, Annie, do you want to join us? It is, it is warm. We've got a cattle heater in there for like hours. <laughs> Not to, yeah, don't make any type of comparison. <laughs> All right, Gordon, tell us why you're up here.
1: I was, um, I've been a believer forever, but uh, it was, uh, I was baptized back in first or second grade, but that was mostly for the parents, and I didn't have a whole lot to say about that. Uh, I do remember tripping as I walked up to the stage, and I didn't do that today, which is cool. Um, I've had a really blessed life. I've been very, very fortunate, and things took a um, took a turn for the better when I went to uh, FCA camp, and that was really cool. And I moved a little farther in the right direction. Um, took another big step a couple years ago when I went to Encounter, which I recommend for everybody. And uh, then I kind of hit the skids a couple years, a few years ago. On eight twenty-eight oh eight, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer and there is no stage five. So that was kind of a crazy time, and and about that time, uh, three big things. Uh, I was only 48 at the time, and I knew I had more I wanted to accomplish, but if you believe what it says in the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done, then you gotta go with what's gonna happen. Um, Something else that happened about the same time, uh, I became a huge fan of Carrie Underwood for two songs. One is Temporary Home, which, she was talking about her child at home, but really the earth, this life, is temporary compared to what we have down the road. Mm. The other story, the other song that was remarkably important was uh, Jesus, Take the Wheel, and that was a story about spinning out on black ice, but in my case, it was going through this cancer stuff and not knowing where it's going to go, but um, grace has always been right there, and it's I. As the sermon and the story up here, casting out nets, I did that forever. I was uh, 50 when I got through all that stuff, and I didn't want to live my life single. I'd cast out a lot of nets and just came up empty until Jesus came through, and I met this lady. And it's been, <laughs> it's been an absolutely remarkable five-year run, and I am so blessed to to have her by my side. And, and there's no question that that was another uh, God moment too. So. Um, I said before it was my parents that, that got me baptized in first or second grade. This is my turn, but my stake in the ground and say from here forward, it's different. Amen. I forgot one thing. <laughs> I, did, I forgot. This is, this is an important thing. This is very cool. This is very important. This is probably most important. Um, This guy's our pastor. I think of him more as I've gotten to know him more and more. I think of him more and more as my younger, very, very holy brother.
0: Okay, mess with me. I got (laughs) to keep. Gordon, it's an honor to be on this journey with you, with your wife and be part of this body. It's just been such an amazing journey. I'm so glad today we get to share this moment together, all of us, as one community of faith. So, Gordon, based upon your beautiful profession of faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we don't want you falling away out this time. That's what I always love about Easter or about baptism Sundays. They're just always beautiful and the stories and them. But we have room. We have warm water and we have room for more. You know, in the first service, um, we, we talked about that if God's drawing you to the aisle, today's the day. If you really don't have a good reason to say, why have I not got in there and declared I'm His and leave myself behind, drive the stake in the ground. And a man came up, and his name was Peter. (laughs) And so Peter just said, I, I, my whole life, I have been a follower of Christ, but I've never got into the water. And it was a beautiful moment. So if you have any of the names of the disciples that were in this, you know, Nathaniel, (laughs) Peter, this is your day. No, anybody. Anybody. We we always wait like 40 minutes for somebody. (laughs) Is there anybody today is a day there's no more excuse? You know, Hey Matthew (laughs) remember Peter put on clothes to get in the water and so today's a day we would love to share that moment with you and we love this moment to just let the spirit work okay we will be doing another one probably this summer we'll do them anytime to be honest with you But uh, if it's on your heart, pay attention to our baptism classes and things like that. But can we pray on together? This is our prayer of offering. So remember one thing. Not only do we cheer, but as a community, they they just fully entered into the community of faith in a special way. It's our responsibility to walk with everybody here. But the two questions I want to leave you with is, who would you jump in the water for? And more importantly, if you love what goes on here, going back to the very first story I shared in a the sermon there's no greater feeling than watching somebody walk in these church doors that you've known and poured your life you know, into or walked with them there's no greater feeling than walking with somebody and sharing Christ with them and watching them go in the water and being there with them that is how the church moves so let me share with you this question who are you inviting into the water this week? Who are we inviting into the water this week so they can come into this community of faith and our nets can be full together? Amen? Let's pray over these who have been baptized today as our offering today. And as our offering is, as we go out today, you can leave your offering in the boxes, leave your connect cards, or our guests. We love you. Leave them in the boxes or leave them in our welcome center. But let's call up the worship team. We'll get ready to close this out, but let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, this is our offering these three, four lives today are our offering to you. They have declared boldly boldly in a world that pushes back that they are followers of Jesus. But it's just the start It is the church's responsibility to come around them, love them, disciple them, grow them. We all grow together and we all need each other. Father, put upon our hearts as an offering today. If I need to step out in this aisle that I can do that and boldly proclaim peace with you through your Son, Father, more importantly, the offering of this entire church today is to wake us up to those who we need to invite into the water. Father, there are tens of thousands of people outside this door that do not know Jesus as your, as your son and as their Lord and Savior. Father, let our eyes go just on fire, our hearts burn, and go out and invite people into the water and walk with them and share the good news of Jesus Christ. That is an amazing offering. And we pray all this in the mighty name of the one who saved us. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's close out in worship.